Good afternoon and welcome to the Wouldn't You Know It podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking about how the Chinese government could be breaking international declarations between Hong Kong and the UK. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Zoopdog himself. Hope you enjoy. Zoopdog, I'm going to hand it over to you to start off this episode. Um, well, here we go. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Admonition Cash, co-hosted by Thomas from When You Know It. In this episode, we discuss the situation in Hong Kong, Britain, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the United States of America have all denounced China for violating an international treaty. Uh, would you mind to tell us a little bit about this international treaty? So yeah, this international treaty was, um, it's, it's gone back for nearly over 100 years and it was redeclared in 1984. Uh, this treaty would last 50 years. And um, this treaty allowed uh, Hong Kong to be separate from China. However, due to uh, the police already um, being owned and by the Chinese government, there has not been a huge separation between China and Hong Kong. However, policies over privacy and way of living have both been um, different and uh, separate. And this is why over the last two or three years, we have seen a huge increase of riots and protests in Hong Kong due to um, uh, increase of Chinese uh, patrols, uh, policing, and um, invasion of privacy. You know, that's a, that's a very interesting point there. Um, because the people of Hong Kong have had freedom, or at least semi-freedom, where China was unable to impose a lot of its or um, a lot of its harsher laws, so they were able to be a capitalistic society uh, with at least um, a figurehead government that was still owned by China, but uh, the people were much better off than the Chinese people. And um, now, before the 50 years has come, uh, China has been, first of all, they've been um, sending a lot of these people to death in slave camps. And um, for a very long time in these camps, Many of people have been worked to death, lined up and shot, um, and when they're killed, there's actually videos of uh, when they're doing it, and they always line them up and shoot them in the back of the head. This is because uh, China makes a lot of money selling valuable organs. So some people are worked to death, and then the organs are sold, and others are uh, blatantly killed um, in groups with other people, and... Um, their organs are being sold and you may be wondering who qualifies to be put into one of these quote-unquote re-education camps uh, protesters politicians foreign visitors scientists Muslims and Christians are all um, the majority of these slave camps the majority of the population but they do just grab their own people sometimes and they've been caught doing that because it is so valuable um, in these slave camps for every person they get and they're able to sell the organs, they're able to make a lot of money. I, I guess it's anyone that has a threat or is against the Chinese government that um, 
they'll use in these slave camps and use for organ, uh, I guess it's not organ donations, it's more organ trading. Yeah, it, they sell it on the black market. So here, you know, if someone dies um, and you've agreed your organs may very well be donated to someone else, but what China's doing is China is selling those organs directly to um, rich benefactors who require the organs, you know, maybe they need a new heart or something, and they don't want to wait on the list like everybody else. So that is a large amount of income from China, and uh, it's really unfortunate that they're using these means um, to control their people. Yeah, it's very unfortunate they're using their, I guess, their power over the people that, um, so they can benefit from it. It's not really, I guess it's dictatorship for you, in a way, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very big news for Hong Kong recently. Now, Hong Kong has unfortunately, as we've talked about before, not gotten the proper um, publicity that it deserves. But, but much like most of the world during COVID, uh, unfortunately, they've dropped completely off the radar. Now, what's been happening while we've been distracted by COVID, though, is um, in the last, this last week, actually, uh, they've finished bussing up uh, more people to, from Hong Kong to send to the China death camps and um, there's videos of hundreds of people surrounding the buses and banging on them uh, for their loved ones who will likely never be returned to them and uh, the media at large is ignoring this. Yeah, I guess um, COVID has acted as almost a information blanket uh, throughout the whole world as we have missed on uh, many, many stories, uh, many tragic events that haven't had the proper airtime with the media that they should have otherwise had. That's very true. And uh, Hong Kong hasn't gotten the proper aid that it should have. If COVID wasn't happening, um, it's very possible that people in the United States would be caring enough to at least be influencing diplomatically Hong Kong. As a matter of fact, that's what was happening uh, with a lot of the deals. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, a lot of those images in Hong Kong where the people were holding up United States flags and say with signs that say like uh, President Trump come save us and stuff like that. Um, these are people that have already tasted freedom. They're, the only way that they could ever be assimilated to China at this point is exactly what China is doing. It, it's just taking all the freedom fighters, all the protesters, uh, all the elected leaders. They a whole bunch of their leaders just disappeared into the camps, uh, likely dead now. What and, what I find uh, what I find quite interesting is um, in the treaty it specifies that after seven years of power being handed over to China, uh, anyone under the age of twenty one can um, still be a Hong Kong citizen and then seen as an international citizen and they are able to travel without um, the confirmation from the Chinese government. So they are still a free citizen. In wow, it. that's like that's like the most powerful passport I've ever heard. I, I guess it, it, it still um, is assigned to Hong Kong, but after uh, Hong Kong, I guess, is taken into, um, is taken into China, Hong Kong won't be an official city, it won't be an official country or province. So therefore, their passports won't be official. So therefore, it yeah. it won't be an international passport, meaning they can travel anywhere. It will be the pass to 
travel with a Chinese passport without the confirmation from the Chinese government. However, this probably won't be upheld by the Chinese government as this would be giving their power over to the world and this isn't really what the Chinese government wants. They want to be the biggest powerful, they want to be the most economically um, stable, they, they want to be the biggest country, the most powerful country in the world, basically. Yeah, and uh, just looking at what China has already done, uh, if they did, for whatever reason, allow those people to actually travel wherever they wanted want to, um, it would be a complete change of pace from what they've been doing. Uh, I highly doubt it would happen as well. They, they wouldn't allow it. Um, there's they, no way. They probably wouldn't. There's no yeah. way they'll allow it. Uh, and that's why there's riots and protests at the moment in Hong Kong because they know as soon as China takes over these treaties and um, agreements won't be upheld. So that's why they're really fighting to stay apart from China and they're almost desperate and um, begging on other countries to help them. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, They've been... I mean, if you watch the videos, they... That's where the police brutality is really happening. That's where uh, the government has actually taken over to the point where the citizens now have no freedoms left at all and everything's being taken away from them, including their loved ones being bust up, never to be seen again. Yeah. What I found quite interesting about China is they've just developed their new um, CCTV um, system. It will uh, track you from where you live to where you work to where you where your favorite restaurant is to what you buy at the restaurant to how is much to- under the guise of covid uh no it's it it might have been influenced over it so that's probably how they got um the ability to use it however it had been already been in the planning for years yeah just like all their drones they sent up yeah and all the other systems that they had ready um Regardless if they planned it or not, those won't be going away. Yeah, and basically this AI um, learns everything about you. And one of the most crazy things it will learn about is how much toilet paper you use in a public toilet. How could it possibly know that? uh, Because to get toilet paper in most public toilets in China, you have to use facial recognition and it will um, uh, basically give you a certain amount of toilet paper per use. And wow. yeah, so basically, to get the toilet paper in China, not, uh, yeah, in China, you have to use a facial recognition scanner, which then is under your name, and yeah, it it knows everything about you. It knows everything about you. It knows where you're shopping. It knows who you're hanging out with. It knows who you're talking to. It knows how. Yeah, like you said, it knows how much toilet paper you use. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and um, a lot of the. Uh, I guess housing in um, China is now not operated by keys and security like that. It's operated by facial recognition. So you'll walk up to your door, you'll look at the camera, and it will either let you in or it won't. It won't. And the problem with this is it will then go back to a database. It will say to the Chinese government, "This person gets back at this time. Uh, this is how many people they have in the house. This is." Um, it creates an almost social pattern of what you do. Now, just to understand 100% what you just said, did you just say that in China, in China, 
to get into your own home, you have to have a facial recognition scan? Uh, it's not in all provinces of China due to um, the economy. They haven't been able to implement it everywhere. But in main rich um, places like uh, Beijing, they have implemented this uh, CCTV uh, operated uh, unlocking of your house and security. Well, what happens if you're injured or what happens? What happens if you just don't look like you normally do for any particular reason? Um, it, out of your house? Uh, it's so clever that it will work out uh, what you look like with makeup on. It, it learns from your movements around the city, what you look like at different times of day, how you dress and everything. And uh, if you, I guess, if you hurt yourself in the hospital and you ended up having to go to hospital, there's cameras in the hospital that will recognize who you are and what you now look like. So there, there's, wow, yeah, this is incredibly advanced technology that they're using to spy on their own people. Um, the fact that they're able to see when people come and go, um, they're able to know all this about them. Um, that gives China an unlimited amount of power over its people at this point. Yeah. Uh, what's quite ironic about the name of this AI is, have you heard of Terminator? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. it's quite it's quite a famous um, movie, and um, the name of their AI in China is called Skynet. No, are you serious? Yep. They call it Skynet. They call it Skynet. Yep. <laughs> and um, what I thought was even more ironic was the head of a. Uh, um, uh, I'm getting a call. Oh, sorry, I had to decline it. Uh, the head of. Um, uh, the AI company is um, they said I am not scared of the AI that controls our CCTV however those that go against the law and um, do not abide by Chinese rules um, will uh, will and should be scared wow yeah and you know China is very different than most other countries in the world, but that doesn't mean that we're immune to anything like that happening here. Uh, one day when China had released all the drones for COVID, um, we were condemning it. The next, some of our states were doing it themselves. So it's important to realize that just because it's ridiculous and another country is doing it doesn't mean that Hey, sorry, I'm not sure what happened there. Okay, uh, well, we'll just take a break in between, and then we'll pick it up after. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, we'll just have two parts. Cool. Um, uh, you know, here, so you know what I should probably... Um, should we, should we, we go should probably... Should we go back to Skynet, that part? Yeah, uh, let's go back to Skynet, and uh, we'll just say like sorry for the interruption there or something like that because yeah. there's probably going to be a little uh only because i think it's because I, I just i got a few calls on my phone 
So it disconnected you a few times. So um, okay. I told the person I'm recording a podcast. So yeah, it should all be good now. Okay, cool. Um, so sorry for the interruption. I unfortunately got a few calls on my phone, which I'm using to record. Uh, so yeah, let's get back to it. So um, what I found quite ironic was the um, Chinese government has uh, named their AI Skynet after the um, Terminator movie. And they said they said that their AI, the AI will be, it won't be the end and the destruction of the world. However, those that go against it should be scared and should be worried, uh, because apparently it will understand everything about you. It will understand if you're acting suspicious from how you normally act. It will understand the crazy. The most crazy one is um, it'll understand how much toilet paper you use, and I thought that was quite interesting. How could it possibly understand how much toilet paper you use? Um, so basically, in China, to get any um, toilet roll in a public toilet place, uh, you would have to use a facial recognition scanner, which knows your name, uh, where you live, and everything about you. And um, it will give you a set amount of toilet paper each time, which I believe is eight pieces. And um, you cannot go back for more. That's not always enough. <laughs> but... But you mean to tell me that they actually have to use a facial recognition scan in the bathroom to get toilet paper, and on top of that, you know, if you uh, had some, you know, if you have some stomach issues from, say, you know, the wet markets or something like that, you're still only going to be getting eight pieces of toilet paper. It's kind of ridiculous. What, what do you do? Run outside and ask someone else to do a facial scan for you so you can get toilet paper? I mean, <laughs> that's carry around toilet paper, like... Eight pieces isn't always enough. I believe so it has I a, a bit. I believe it has a twelve-minute timer on it. So every twelve minutes, you can get another eight pieces. But <laughs> I'm not sure if that would help you. You just have to. So see, I, I'm sure it happens all the time. We're joking about it, but I'm sure in China all the time, people are like, "Okay, I guess I'm just gonna have to wait in this bathroom for twelve minutes while the facial scanner um, resets itself. That way, I can get." Well, uh, that way I can get six more pieces of toilet paper. Yeah, and um, there's other ones, like um, uh, they tested it on a hotel. So people that lived, uh, not lived, but were visiting the hotel were marked as red on the CCTV camera, and those that weren't were marked as green. And they were able to, within two days, work out who was visiting the hotel and who wasn't. And... Um, yeah, the, the the AI is so intelligent that it can work out everything about you, where you've been, who you are, what age you are, uh, what nationality you're from, with only your face. You know what I was just thinking of that's actually kind of a scary thought. Um, China has infiltrated many companies throughout the world, um, and they've been caught spying on citizens from different countries, including America, including Britain, I'm sure. Um so they have been spying on us and what we're hearing now is that they have the technology down so pat that they're actually able to easily tell who in two days works at a hotel who's staying there or you know just where you are who you are who you're speaking to it's actually able to discern all that it's able to tell if you're acting suspicious and I'm sure China has been implementing this 
on the countries of the world, especially the important figures uh, that they're always caught messing with, you know, um, local politicians and stuff like that, that a lot of their spies have been caught infiltrating. Um, I'm sure that they use this AI technology against us. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. Um, this was caught by a few Russian hackers or spies or whatever you want to call them. Um, they uh, created an app. I believe it was the Fat Face app. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't heard of that. Can you say the name again? Uh, it's the Fat. It's called Fat Face app. Basically, the app uh, scans your face and it will recreate your face if you were overweight or uh, underweight, and it. Um, fatifies you or it makes you older makes you a girl or a boy and this app uh was caught sending your facial recognition scan back to russia that's that is bad um now i i will be honest with you russia is of course the threat but their cap their capital per year is the size of texas so what i really worry about more is china and honestly, China has been caught before you uh, buying information from other hackers from other parts of the world. So I wouldn't be surprised if China was still involved there as well. Yeah, and um, we have apps like TikTok and um, Snapchat, mm -hmm. I believe, or I could be wrong with that one. But yeah, TikTok is um, owned by a Chinese company, and therefore all of the information that you put into the uh, TikTok application or social media no doubt there's no doubt about it that this information will be led back to china and uh they will have some sort of profile under your name and you know when we say chinese companies the thing is is that chinese companies are not autonomous from the chinese government as a matter of fact most large chinese companies are at least partially owned though usually fully owned by the chinese government yeah. So um, what that what that what that means is that it doesn't come down to the individual businessmen who think that uh, maybe it's not worth it to sell uh, American citizens out to China. You know for sure that if China owns it, they're doing this because that's the Chinese policy. Yeah, and um, I I hundred percent agree that the uh, economy is not separate to the government because it's the government that controls the economy. So all of the information, all of the data that you gather has to be shared with the um, Chinese go uh, government. And under international law, uh, your name and passport has to be given to all, um, all security, not security, but border forces. So therefore they will have a social profile with your name in it. And that is why when you go to China, uh, all of the CCTV will already have your face and they will know who you are and your age, your ethnicity, and over the weeks or days of you being there, they will create a short and brief uh, social mapping of everything about you. Yeah. Um, now, this China is probably, no, no, China definitely is the first country that has actually made communism work. The thing is, it doesn't, it never works for the people. They've figured out how to make communism work for a few of their rich elite, they have massive waste, they have massive death, starvation, and tyranny, but their rich elite do profit, and they will continue to push for harsher rules to make any amount of money. Um, and American companies are affiliated with them, 
I mean, have you heard about the suicide nets at Apple? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. So I, I will I will talk about that real quick. Um, the suicide buildings where where in China they produce your phones, your iPhones and stuff like that. You can look it up. The whole building is surrounded by netting. That way, if any of the workers decide to jump from the building, they won't die and they'll be put in the netting instead. Um, their workers have almost no rights. Uh, oftentimes, they work 18-hour days and they're woken up in the middle of their sleep. They, they usually, or at least a lot of the time, sleep at the actual facility. Uh, this is modern-day slavery, and any one of them that tries to resist will either starve because they won't have any money or if they're powerful enough they'll immediately be thrown into one of the Chinese re-education camps um, which even if it was for re-educating which really it's for slave and organ selling um, would be bad enough yeah and these re-education camps they're no better than the facilities that they work at if not worse and they'll treat them uh worse and that's why there is um the suicide nets because i guess the only way they can see themselves getting out of the situation is by death yeah um and it's it's very unfortunate that many chinese uh people have to go through this and um i think that i think that it's important that america does take and and the whole world but obviously you know uh the whole world needs to take responsibility for the businesses that they are funding that work in China. Because right now, if everyone in the world said, we're not going to buy an iPhone anymore from you, Tim Cook, because you have Chinese slave camps and you your workers are starving and they don't make any money and you on record have refused to give them raises multiple times... Um, we're not going to buy your $1,000 phones that you produce for next to nothing on the backs of the Chinese people and fund the tyranny going on in China. Because if all the businesses weren't doing this, China wouldn't be doing what it's doing at all. China would be would have turned into a collapsed society a very long time ago and would be currently working on the verge of becoming free, similar to Venezuela and Hong Kong. But because we prop them up, through funding their businesses, through using our economic power, even the individual has economic power, through using our economic power, um, we are in a way responsible, as responsible for the businesses that profit. I guess it's because our economy would look very different if there wasn't China, because uh, a lot of our electronics equipment that we use in day-to-day purposes is all done through China. And this is because the price of labor is a lot lower. So therefore, if there was no China and China was a equal country where everyone got paid the right amount and worked in the right place with the right treatment, and the right rights, uh, the price of labor would be a lot higher. So things like um, cameras, computers, uh, phones, I'm just looking at the things I have on my desk. I have a lot of things on here that have been made in China and would be a lot more expensive if they weren't. And this is the problem. Without China now, our economies would crash. And this is why... Yes, 100%. You are correct there. Um, Even if you try not to buy from China, even if you do make a conscious effort, there are things 
that are only produced in China. Uh, for instance, um, except for the Federal Reserve, in America, there are currently no coin minting facilities. Yeah. Because it's much cheaper to mint coins in China. Uh, they, first of all, here, here's another great point. So not only do they get their workers for much cheaper for slave labor costs. I mean, seriously, they're giving these people a bowl of rice a day. This is slave labor. Um, they're giving them just enough to basically survive at best. So they're also allowed to violate the environmental laws that we have put up in different countries. I mean, just research all the trash floating in the ocean and see what countries are mostly responsible. And it's almost all China. It almost all comes from China. And, you know, we have over the size of Texas. It was the size of Texas 10 years ago, floating in the ocean, um, all that trash. Now is, it's is much that, bigger. Is that the, um, uh, like, rubbish uh, island that is now forming in the center of the um, Pacific, I believe it is? Yes. Yes, it is yeah. the Pacific. Uh, yeah, it is that. And uh, that used to be the size of Texas. It's much bigger now. And all that comes from China. Yeah. So they're allowed to dump all their trash. They're allowed to release all their toxins into the air. And they do all this with absolutely no penalties from the Chinese government. I believe they have one of the worst air qualities in, um, in the world. And this is yes. due to their main power source coming from coal, even though um, this has been ruled out by many environmental companies because it creates so much CO2 per um, milliwatt of energy. Yeah, the coal over there, uh, that is their main source of energy, and it's really not a clean fuel. Um, I think there's an argument to be made just from a job standpoint that coal... Uh, is okay or you know should be left at a certain amount but to actually to actually produce all, almost all of your energy exclusively from coal uh you're going to be having some huge environmental issues there especially when i mean they they burn their trash they incinerate it and they just release it into the air at best usually what they're doing is they're just putting it right into the ocean and letting it just dumping it right in letting it yeah. drift off and um, so, so we need to. Our countries need to come out, and they need to say, "You need to pay your workers more, or we're going to embargo you." And you need to at least follow some sort of environmental law. I mean, something. They, they're, they're doing almost nothing. But they're doing nothing. Yeah, but in a way, by doing that, you're creating, you're injuring your own economy. If you're cutting out your main source of labor you're then cutting out a huge chunk of your own economy and people in your own country will suffer. So I guess it's weighing up the benefits. Short term. Short term. Yeah, I guess it is short term. But I guess it's weighing up the benefits and disadvantages of changing something that doesn't affect you. Yeah, that's true. Right now, the system we have, at least for us, not for the slave workers and you know the people with their organs being sold, the system we have right now is okay. I mean, the stuff we buy doesn't last very long, but it's very cheap. But the thing is, is that we don't produce anything here. Our economies have now become service economies. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yep. And the interesting part about being as a, ser a service economy is apparently we aren't essential. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're not essential anymore because we, yeah. we don't produce it. And I guess looking at the UK as a, an example, 
if we were to shut all trade and all borders in the UK, we would not survive economically uh, in any way at all. Because we, we don't produce our own food. Um, we don't produce our own uh, products. We don't produce anything on our island. We are basically a trading hub. Yeah. Um, we import. Which is... Yeah. yeah. Which, in some senses, could be possible. I mean, if you guys just produced a lot of something that was more exclusive to your climate or something along those lines, um, and then, you know, other countries just produce what they produce, it, it would be fine. It could work out. Um, there's a case for that. But right now what we're doing with just allowing China to produce everything, all of our money is leaving circulation and it's all going and it's all staying in China because they don't buy much from us at all. Not even they buy from America. They buy food. That's pretty much it. Um, which is and, yeah, I, for America now, but yeah. still, that's not enough. I guess that's it's kind of in a way we're preventing a um, event that will happen in the future because we're allowing China to grow and we're allowing them to develop weapons, technology, and um, a government that is will and will overpower all governments in the future because their only goal is to be the biggest and the best. And to do this, you eliminate anything that will get in your way. So once they get powerful enough, and this is where Beijing is going to, not Beijing, um, Hong Kong is going to struggle, they're, they're going to get so powerful because they're being supplied by all the countries around the world, they'll get so powerful that there won't be much that can stop them. Yeah, uh, it really is kind of just like ripping off a Band-Aid. Um, the longer we allow this to fester, the longer they get all of our money, the more power they get, um, the harder it will be to stop them. Right now, if even just a few countries, like if America really started playing hardball with China, it would be a huge, a huge uh, kneecap, and that might even be enough. But right now, the world still has one hundred percent. If it all, if we all work together, it would one hundred percent end um, all these problems, all the slave camps, all the death. But it has to come down to the average person first, because it's going to be the consumer first. No country leader is going to um, try. No country leader is going to be willing to capsize their own economy, even if it will come back stronger in the end for it. Yeah, and it's, it's guess I guess it's weighing up the benefits and disadvantages if the thing you're cutting out doesn't affect you. And um, that's the problem. You're ripping up. You're bandaging up something that will, I guess, affect you in the future. So I guess the best way to uh, end this suffering would be just to hit it with a hammer on the head. You don't buy anything from China. You start producing things um, from your own economy and your own country. Even though this would be difficult at, at the start, it would, in the end, work out. Yeah, I think ideally uh, what should happen is we should all just slowly, our economy leaders should all come out, our, our, our nation leaders should all come out, and they should all say, um, they should all start passing laws that slowly start leaning us off of China. Basically, 
just increasing the tax rate on anything that comes in from China. That way, it's a little bit more expensive for people here. That way, other businesses here can compete against China, and you get all that money that you're getting extra from taxes to help subsidize the people that have now been negatively affected by it. Yeah, in a way, you're actually helping your own economy because you're bringing all of the、uh, production, all of the trade, back into your country, and therefore,、yeah. in a way, growing your economy in a more rapid and sustainable rate. Exactly, but、uh, no matter what amount you do it at, there's going to be an immediate negative effect, and that's why the leaders have been staying away from it. Especially,、um, you know, a lot of the leaders around the world only are in office for a certain amount of time—four years. Uh, at least for America, but、uh, or you know eight, depending on if they get reelected once. But the point is, is that in four years, a president knows that if they start making those deals and they do it fast and everything capsizes, they're not going to be remembered fondly as the president that fixed it. That's going to be at least one president away, but probably a few presidents down the line,、uh, or prime ministers. You know, just using president as an example.、Um, so. Basically, none of them is willing to be the person that has to that has to slay the giant of that is known as the Chinese、uh, economy. I guess it's taking the bullet. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. We, what we need is we need one leader to basically come out and just start slowly passing those in all of our countries. Because if we could start getting that to happen,、uh, that would be a huge step in the right direction. I imagine China would probably.、Um, Do what they've done in the past, and immediately start doing other shady economic things to get back at the country. But you know, in a sense, China's already been doing that.、Uh, they've already been sending spies. They've already been infiltrating、uh, at least the U.S., but you know, the whole world. And、um, because of this, China has clearly declared that they are a foe of ours, and that they're willing to do anything just to see us get destroyed. And we don't. For the large part, most of us don't look at China like it's that much of a threat,、uh, and that's why I, I, I spoke up a little bit earlier when you were mentioning Russia because Russia is an adversary. I mean, they have spies. Russia does bad stuff sometimes, but just looking at it purely, who has the economic power? Who has not just the will to do something, but the means? It's China, and I'd argue that they have more of a will to. To do、um, those types of, yeah, you know, those types of monitoring, those types of、uh, illegal activities. Russia is would, would also be doing a similar amount, but not not a similar thing, but not the same amount. Pretty much is what I'm getting at. Russia never really got as bad as China is getting right now. Yeah, I, I believe Russia would never get as bad as、uh, China is because they they don't have the power. They have a power over their own country. But internationally, apart from their、um, arms race, they don't have much power over any other country. Yeah, one thing I can say that I really do like about Russia is I, this was true at least a couple of years ago. I don't know if they've acquired any in this time, but they actually were able to pay off all of their debt. Yeah,、uh, what's interesting is an amazing feat. What's interesting about the U.S. Is that implementing implementing some CCTV AIs on police cameras? Did you know about this? No, please tell me about this. So、um, the police in America, they I'm not sure if you've seen these new black boxes they have on their chests, and they、yeah. look they look like cameras. And basically, these cameras are sent back to a central server, 
and they uh, basically they're using facial recognition to create a status for everyone that this police person will encounter and it's creating a social profile of the area this police patrol will uh, go around so what you're saying is that we are already implementing similar technology yeah and um the american uh police are actually recognizing this and um they have also stated that they are using similar technology to china and that they will not stop this because what they're doing um it goes with laws and it will help the justice system however is this an invasion of privacy because it is creating a social map of who you are, what you do, and everything about you. Yeah, and uh, just with all the spying that's already that the government's already been caught doing, that's against the law to its own people in the United States. Um, they've already been caught doing things like that, but this is the next level. Basically, what the United States has been doing, and uh, Snowden talked about this a lot. Basically. Um, we have been collecting information on everybody throughout their entire life, but we don't have a way to really just go in there and access it. Uh, we can access it, but what I mean is that we don't have the manpower to look at every single person's life history, so they wait until you become famous, until you become a politician, then they try, then they go back and look at everything you've done and try and pull up dirt on you, which, I mean, if you go through someone's whole life you'll probably find something. So uh, they use that. Yeah. And everyone. But the AI would take that to a level that uh, is just completely absurd. I mean, we would be worse than China if they implemented that AI right now. Yeah, for sure. In, uh, that, in that standard. Yeah, everyone's not perfect. Everyone will miss misstep at one point in their life. We live for 70 to 100 years. There's no way you can be miss, 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 <laughs> miss perfect all the time. Yeah, and they really do use this information to, um, they really use this information and they hold it over politicians and they'll have them do other worse things. And that's, they've been caught doing that time and time again, where they'll have a politician and they'll be like, oh, you looked this up or, oh, you did this. Now we'll need you to do this for us. And then it just keeps going down and down and down the list of, worse and worse and they they hold it over the person's head forever so even if it is a good person they never have a chance to make any positive changes yeah and i guess the way we are going with all of this cctv invasion of privacy um it will help the justice system and it will help um people understand who you are and do background checks on you but the problem with this is in a way we're taken away from who you really are because you can make a mistake one day and it may not represent exactly who you are so in a way we are destroying people's lives and we're and you know that that goes against the very foundation of america yeah too because here our whole thing is you know you could be anybody and you should hypothetically be able to make it anywhere and if the truth is is that people can basically go against your expectation of privacy which you have a right to and gain information on you and use it on you at any point in the rest of your life, it, uh, it really takes, it really, it really, um, it really hinders the American dream, I would say, at that point. Yeah. And then go back to Beijing, or not Beijing, why do I keep on saying Beijing? Um, Hong Kong. Um, 
that's what they're scared of. They're scared of uh, China taking away their privacy, their ability to be who they are. And um, yeah, it's the fear of not being able to be free and um, do whatever you want that they're fighting for. They're fighting for freedom. They are fighting for freedom. And on top of that, they really are fighting for survival because so many of them are being put on a bus and or a train and taken back to mainland China where they are tortured until dead and then their organs are sold. Yeah. It's it's a very very nasty business, honestly. Very very most people in the world uh, would think that enslavement camps are really not that big of a thing, that it's not that bad. Um, one in two hundred one in two hundred people is a slave right now, and um, it might even be worse than that. But that's that's some of the numbers the UN throws out. So we need to look at all those people, and it's just like in uh, the Holocaust during World War Two. The media wasn't accurately portraying what was happening to the Jewish people, and later on in the history the media is looked down upon in that period of history for not informing people of the mass genocide, the slave camps, the re-education camps where, um, where these, where those people were all killed and tortured. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing right now. If you think about it they're I mean, you'll never, you'll almost never hear them talk about on any mainstream news, Hong Kong, and you'll surely never hear them talk about all the people in the enslavement camps. Yeah, there's a YouTube channel, I believe, called Hong Kong Official. And every time they release a YouTube video of uh, anything negative that impacts China, their videos are either taken down or censored and age-restricted. Taken down from YouTube? Yes. Wow, well, uh, I'll definitely put in the link for them then. I'll definitely do that because that sounds... Like, uh, everyone should be watching this. I didn't even know about that. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll send, you, it, I'll send you over the links. Yes. And I'll, um, we can put that in the uh, description below. Great idea. Um, you know, the technocracy that is being funded and um, doing all this damage really has gone too far. And they've done irreparable damage, I'd say, to China and to Hong Kong. Um Hong Kong will likely not be freed. I mean, just looking at it from what's happening right now, the world with COVID, the 265 million people they're going to starve this year, the blip that is Hong Kong is not even on the radar. Um, people aren't talking about Hong Kong and people aren't caring about Hong Kong, which is very sad. It's only when it became a humanitarian crisis when they did, um, or not humanitarian, but when they did the protests and um, there was a lot of, anti-human they rights. They started to get traction. That's, yeah, they started yeah. to get traction. But and then that's anymore. when the Chinese government noticed it and they really put a stop to that with um, inhumane ways of treating with it, with uh, increasing tear gas, rubber bullets, and also they started arresting the press so information couldn't get out. And some of these press were international press like CNN and BBC. Yep. And they had clear... Uh, I guess, clear um, uh, tags and they had press badges and certificates that allowed them to legally film in Beijing, China. And it's an international law that press is legally allowed to show 
correct information and broadcast it live to the media. That is, um, it's very disturbing. Uh, And China has been caught with, um, with uh, imprisoning media and ambassadors for a very long time now. I think at one stage they got caught um, keeping uh, UN officials and peace treaty people uh, unofficially. They were keeping them hostage, I believe, at one point. Wow, I'd never heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, The UN is is not perfect either, uh, but they have... I I quote a lot of their numbers sometimes, but they can't... um, China cannot be holding our people... They can't be doing what they're doing. And you know what? You mentioned all the stuff they were doing to crack down on Hong Kong. I think the biggest thing they probably did to crack down on Hong Kong, though, was uh, releasing the uh, COVID-19 strain. For sure. For sure. It'd be interesting interesting when it comes out. the wind out of their sails. Yeah. It'll be interesting when it comes out if, um, uh, because it did look like it was coming out of a research facility. It'll be interesting to know if it was on purpose or not to aid their um, ability to overtake um, Hong Kong and get into their infrastructure because they have aided the medical facilities in Hong Kong and therefore, in a way, they've got a bigger grasp on the economy there. Um, Yeah, that's... That's that's a very that's a very big part of uh, what's happening actually. Um, that's it's a very important way of looking at uh, what's going on, and it's important that what everyone takes from this whole conversation is that we need to keep our eye on Hong Kong, we need to keep our eye on China, and we need to realize that COVID nineteen that they released, I I think they released it on purpose and. Um, a lot of other people do think they've released it on purpose. COVID-19 has devastated the world. Again, 230 plus million people extra are going to be starving, which is a huge jump to the numbers we currently have, which are already doubled from one year alone from COVID. Yeah. So I guess a good... I, I believe it's I believe it's 12 million, but I'm not 100% sure. So 12 million to 235. Yeah, I guess a good way of looking at it is Hong Kong is a representation of the world and what it will be like if we allow China to keep growing. Yep, um, that's that's a very that's very important. And also, how they are in bed with all the technocracies. How how the how Facebook actually has some of their senior staff uh, are former workers of the Wuhan lab. Yep. Uh, and there's this there's this one woman I'm forgetting her name right now. Um, I believe it was hard to pronounce, which is probably why I'm forgetting it. Um, she actually was in charge of putting out correct information and citing people who weren't about the COVID virus. And she, before that job, was actually in charge of the Wuhan laboratory. So she worked in the Wuhan laboratory. She was one of the big heads there. And now Facebook scooped her up and has been having her um, go and talk about and and censor people who are claiming that it came from the Wuhan lab, which at first she said it wasn't coming from the Wuhan lab at all. And then she said that it was an accident. Uh, 
but she was censoring people in the beginning that were just saying that it came from the Wuhan lab, which is pretty much known now that that's what happened. And now she's still censoring people who said that it's on purpose. Yeah, uh, censorship, censorship in the media is very prevalent at the moment with COVID-19. And I guess um, it's boosted censorship because it was here before. There was things that we couldn't say on the media. And now what we um, can say is hugely been monitored. Everything we say has been watched. And if it's not politically, ethically or um, racially correct, it will be censored. So then we go to the argument, is there such thing as freedom of speech? And what limits does it uphold? Yeah, you know, um, for countries that have freedom of speech, uh, to me what freedom of speech means, having the ability to say anything that would offend anyone. Um, There are words that I think that, you know, uh, a classy individual should pretty much never say. Um, You know, under, under times of strife, you might say stuff that you would regret later, which is understandable. But you have the right to say anything. You should at least have the right to say anything. If I want to, if I want to sit here and spew lies all day, and I want to say that uh, COVID nineteen, you know, kills every single person, or COVID nineteen doesn't exist, or whatever I want to say, I, according to the Constitution and the founding fathers for America, said that we got our rights not from the Constitution itself, but from God. Uh, so, to a person that thinks that that's the case, or to a person that at least believes that it was from the founding fathers, uh, it should be, it should be completely, it's irreparable. There should be no chance that anyone should be able to take that away. It should not be able to be separated from that. Even if you're a criminal and you get some of your rights taken away, freedom of speech should pretty much never be one of the rights. Yeah, and um, whatever you say should never be held against you if freedom of speech is implemented in your country. Because you should. Well, I don't know about that one. I I guess. I guess what I mean, you if I if I just if I just butchered a bunch of people and I'm telling the cops and you know I'm covered in blood, they they they'll use that against me and I think that's I think that's a good thing. Yeah yeah. yeah. What I meant is um, uh, if I said something now in the future, it can't be held against me. Oh yeah. yeah so, so it shouldn't be held against you until you have done that act or deed. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good point. Until until you are actually being investigated for something legally, not just not being investigated for something illegally, like what happens all the time here in America um, and all so around the world. Th- it's not yeah, ju- it's not just matter. It's not just America. It's the UK, France. It's everywhere with some sort of, um, I guess, social and media basis or internet. It's anywhere that has the an established economy. There is this prevalent everywhere. I think that this has been a very great episode. Uh, I think we talked a lot about some very important aspects of Hong Kong and what's happening over there. And uh, I'd really like to thank you for joining me on today's episode. Uh, would you like to just tell people one more time where you're from? So I'm from the Wouldn't You Know It uh, podcast. You can find me on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, and pretty much all podcast um, applications and platforms. You can find me on all smart speakers. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. And um, where can my viewers find you? 
uh, I'm based out of YouTube mainly. Uh, I am on Spotify and Apple Podcast a little bit, but almost all the episodes are exclusively on YouTube. And um, that's just the site that I have found has been the easiest for me to work with so far. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'd really like to thank you for coming out. Um, I'd really like to thank you for listening. Uh, this has been the Admonition Cash co-hosting with uh, Wouldn't You Know It. Really appreciate you guys and have a great day. To everyone that was listening, thank you so much for waiting to the end. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned some interesting facts about China and how they're treating their citizens and how they could really impact the world's economy if we decided to stop them. Look forward to seeing you all next week and, well, hope you'll have a good one. See ya.